Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, I come to you now as your servant, asking that the words I speak this day would not be mine, but they would be yours. Asking, O oh God, that those who hear and receive us, receive these words, would receive them not only in their minds and in their hearts, but deep in their souls, O oh God, that place where only you and they go. God, protect us in the storms, from the storms today. Make sure that folks remain safe and out of the fury of a thunderstorm and this rain. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. By the way, I wanted to explain, uh, when you got the bulletin today, we gave you a uh, piece of paper called Time of Meditation. Um, that is a Holy Week meditation that uh, First Christian Church of Decatur is doing. And, you know, we've encouraged you to sit in front of the mirror and do your meditations this week, uh, or all during Lent. Uh, so this is just a, a little help uh, to that. Um, the interesting piece is, if like when you talk about what God is, and therefore. So we're trying to get you to say to yourself, if God defines this way for you, then what about that? A lot of times, you know, meditations, we just say God is awesome and then move on. Take a minute. If God is awesome to you, and say to yourself, what does this mean to you? Okay? And, yeah, amen. Because Deb listened and it works. Hallelujah. That's her testimony. She's sticking to it. <laughs> All right. Today's gospel comes from the 19th chapter of Luke, beginning with the 28th verse. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. When he got near Bethphage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olives, he sent off two of his disciples with instructions. Go to the village across from you, and as soon as you enter, you will find a colt tethered, one that has never been written. Untie it and bring it, and if anyone says anything to you, like, what are you doing, tell him that the master has need of it. The two left and found it just as Jesus had said. And as they were untying the coat, just as he said, the owner came and said, what are you doing? And they said, the master needs it. And they brought the coat back to, well, hello. They brought the coat back to Jesus. Then throwing their coats on the back, they helped Jesus get on. And as he rode, the people gave him a grand welcome, throwing their coats on the street right at the crest where the mountain of olives begins its descent the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over the almighty works that they had witnessed blessed is he who comes in the name of the king all well is in heaven glory in the highest places now some of the pharisees from the crowd told him tell your disciples to shut up but Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will do it for them, shouting the praise. Amen. So, you've all been part of the church ever since you were very little, right? And so that means that you've all gone through Palm Sunday uh, and all kinds of different stuff. You know, in some churches on Palm Sunday, they have a whole big pageant. Um, you know, we got the vicar all nervous today because Billy sat there when we got here with the palms and and somebody said, what are you going to do with the palms? And Billy said, we're going to parade around. And the vicar was sitting there like, hell no. 
Not in this rain. <laughs> Did you look out what's going on out there? Uh, Hallelujah. Which, by the way, for all of you people who watch our sermons uh, across the country, know that the people that are here today are very brave people because according to the weathermen, we're not supposed to be here. We should be building an ark, but we're here at church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, so there's pageants around this. And, 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 and the way I always remember Palm Sunday as a kid growing up is they always talked about it as a parade. But if you really listen to the way Luke talked about what happened here, there's something that I want you to consider. A parade is when we're celebrating something. A parade is what you gave the Chicago Blackhawks when they won the Stanley Cup. A parade is what you gave the Chicago Cubs, amen, when they won the World Series. A parade is what we're waiting for here in Atlanta for the Braves. Amen? That's what parades are about. They're about celebrations. But I don't know about you, but as we move into Holy Week, I'm not exactly sure what it is that they think that they were celebrating when Jesus come into Jerusalem. Because, I mean, Monday... You know, if, if, if you look at the timeline, he comes in on this donkey, and we'll talk about what that means in a second. But on Monday, he turns the temple upside down. I mean, there was nothing, nothing nice about Jesus' introduction to teaching these folks. He tore the place up. And by Tuesday, they're sitting there trying to figure out how they can arrest this dude and not cause a riot. We don't have much of what we know was going on on Wednesday and Thursday. We know what happened. It was the beginning of the Passover. And then Friday, of course, the arrest and the crucifixion. Saturday, we've got what? The tomb. And by Sunday, we have an empty tomb. I'm not exactly sure that if we call this a parade that we've got it at the right time. I mean, I get the parade the next year. <laughs> you know, hey, this worked out. They didn't actually kill him. He's still alive. His message makes sense. You know, we can all do that. But you know what happens, folks, to us? If we call this a parade, then we don't really pay attention to why Jesus was killed. First of all, they call it a crucifixion. I call it an assassination. There are those people out there that have made an entire theology out of Jesus died for your sins. Whatever sin you're going to commit tomorrow, that's why Jesus was killed on Friday. And I tell you, that's hogwash. Jesus died because he was telling people how they could have a relationship with God. And they rejected that, so they killed him. Now, some of you might be sitting there going, well, uh, Pastor, isn't that kind of... Isn't that kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I can't believe I just lost the word. Convenient. No. When when you you say tomato, I say tomato. Uh, no. Interpretation. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Isn't your interpretation of the bill a little bit light here? Well, no, it's not. It makes a big difference. 
Because if you think that Jesus died for your sin, then you are going to say that God is a puppet master and God's in control of your life. God isn't in control of your life. God made a promise to you that you have a free will. That means you have to take responsibility, folks, for what you do. Amen? And that means we, as a humanity, as a people of God, have to take responsibility for what happened to Jesus on Friday. That makes Good Friday pretty hard. But it is also why I'm going to tell you this morning that Palm Sunday is not about a parade. It is a statement. Jesus made a very clear statement. He made a statement that if there's going to be life, then it has to come about by peace. If there's going to be life, there has to be forgiveness. If there's going to be life, you have to give up the desire to have power and control. And you know, we don't talk about it often, but that's exactly what was represented here. He didn't come galloping into Jerusalem on a horse with swords. He came in on a donkey. A donkey is very symbolic of, of peace and kindness and, and humbleness. And what do we know from Scripture? What are we required to do? According to Micah, Micah said, you know, oh people, what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be just, merciful, and humble. Picture in your head, Jesus on a donkey. What could be more just? What could be a bigger act of mercy? My land, what could be more humble? You see, this isn't a parade. This is a statement about the love of God for each of us. This is a statement about how we can conduct our lives. That means when we have a choice between telling somebody to go to hell or forgiving them, I'll leave that to you to decide. But when you have that decision to make, remember how Jesus came into Jerusalem. Do you all know who Arianna Huffington is? She's a uh, commentator. commentator. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, she tells of viewing the fam a famous passion play that happens in Europe once every 10 years. With people coming from all over the world to watch the play. And as Huffington watched the play, she also made this observation. As Jesus in the play was driving the money changers out of the temple, there were vendors walking among the crowd, selling overpriced religious trinkets. As the soldiers attempted to quench Jesus' thirst on the cross, the audience was gulping down their Cokes on crushed ice. And she said, in spite of those distractions, the message of the play still comes through. Even in the amid the clamor of commercialism, I felt the power of God's love. See, this is what this story is about. This is why it's a statement, folks. This is why as we go through Holy Week and we come to Easter and we celebrate that resurrection, that no matter what, no matter what we are faced with, no matter what we go through, no matter what the challenge, no matter how many times we goof up, God is going to embrace you and tell you you were loved. 
you belong. You are my precious, precious creation. And that is the statement that got made that Palm Sunday. God bless you.